on God's Word. And so um, tonight we will continue our series, Growing in Grace, the Means of Sanctification. And this evening, I'd like for us to consider um, this title, um, Growing in Grace Through the Transforming Power of the Gospel and Suffering. Um, Since we are living in a fallen world filled with sinners, uh, we will constantly have to deal with negativity. Negativity comes in all kinds of ways. Um, However, we can overcome negativity when we are faced with uh, the trials that we go through in life. We're able to face the negativity and the difficulty with, in mind, the transforming work of the gospel. So, in what ways are you suffering in this season of your life? Well, what are you struggling with? What are the, the trials you're having to deal with as we go through this uh, particular um, talk on tonight about the transforming power of the gospel and suffering, I want us to think about our trials and the difficulty we, we face, but in light of what the scripture says to us. And so we want to have a, a biblical perspective about our sufferings in light of the gospel. Um, if, if you're not suffering, those of you who are not suffering and not Uh, going through hardship of some kind, I want to say this to you, you will. It's just a matter of time uh, before it's your turn. And uh, it's good to know uh, what to do. It's good to have a plan. It's good to be reminded of what the scripture teaches us about suffering. Uh, In any case, um, the question is for us all is, are we prepared in having the right thoughts and in taking the right actions. And in order for us to think rightly about suffering and think rightly about the gospel uh, and taking the right actions, we must first come to grip with the word of God. What does God say um, about suffering and his word? In John 16, 33, the Lord Jesus said these words, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. You see, it's through Christ that we come to know God, and it's through Christ that we're able to have this this peace that only Christ can give. He continues, in the world, you will have tribulation. But he says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We can take heart and be comforted with the promise from the Son of God. He's promised us that we shall have peace, we can take Heart. Why? Because he's overcome the world. This is also why James can say these words from the scriptures in James 1, 2 through 5. He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be prepared and complete Lacking in nothing. 
If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. You see the correlation between suffering and being complete in God. And so it's almost as if in order for us to be successful in this life, we must go through suffering. There's a correlation between suffering and being complete in Christ. Jesus said to his disciples that they will have tribulation. But the word of God also says when you meet trials of various kinds, you know, you understand that the testing of your faith is producing steadfastness. Then he says, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Everyone who is born again by the Spirit of God is being transformed into the image and in the likeness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Romans eight twenty nine and 30, it says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn of many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And in addition to those verses we have in Ephesians 4.15, it says, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up In every way into him who is the head into Christ. In other words, we will encounter all sorts of negativity, but it's not without purpose. We come to know Christ. God is controlling. He's providentially working out our lives. And even though we have sufferings, difficulties, hardships of every kind, God is at work in us. Um, in the following chapter, um, in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2, we're we're also reminded that we're to be imitators of God as beloved children. It says, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And so as we offer ourselves up as a sacrifice to God and being obedient to his word, then we are reminded that we are, in order for us to have success, we must go through suffering. Oftentimes in life, when Christians go through trials, we like to have them resolved as quickly as possible. Um, This solution, we have to be careful The solution really is wrong because it's built upon a premise that defies the providence of God. You see, anytime we rush to decide something without first considering God, then we're we're taking our lives into our own hands rather than trusting in Christ and trusting in him alone. And so... The world says, this is my life and I want it now. The world and those within the prosperity camp want us to think that we aren't supposed to have 
trials. We aren't supposed to have difficulty. This is wrong. This supposes the Lord's teaching that teachings that his disciples will have tribulations. And if we are his disciples, we ought to be like the master teacher. The Lord came to seek and to save that which was lost, and he did so by way of a cross. I appreciate what Richard Sibbs said about suffering. He said, it's better to go bruised to heaven than sound to hell. It's it's better to go bruised to heaven than sound to hell. The world wants instant gratification. We must keep ourselves from thinking this way. Instead, we must remember that because we've been born of God, we've been born again, our trials synchronizes with growing in grace. Uh, It's kind of like when you're working on the computer, you're working a certain program, you have to hit the synchronize button, right? To make sure all of your stuff is saved and, and is in the right place so that when you open that program again, everything is cool. If not, it'll be chaos. And so we want to understand suffering in that way, in that it works together with the providence of God. God is at work in suffering, in our sufferings that we face. So the overarching goal of spiritual growth is for Christians to be conformed to the likeness of Christ. The cross was set before Christ. And he never deviated from obeying the father's will because of the trials uh, he'd have to face. He was obedient even to the point of shedding his blood upon the cross. Every Christian have a cross to bear and we must bear it for the glory of God. Samuel Rutherford uh, said it like this. There is no cross or misery that befalls the church of God or any of his children, but it is related to God. How many of us think that way, that every trial is related to God, every difficulty, every circumstance? It's easy for us to blame the the problems that we face on somebody else. It's different for us to think in ways that, This is according to the plan and purpose of God. That's a whole different uh, mindset. And this is where we want to continue to grow in having the the right mind about suffering, about trials, that we might take the right actions. We all share in the cross of Christ and that we take part in that which is related to God. In Philippians 2 and 5, the word of God says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. The Lord was always about the Father's will. That's something we ought to be thinking about. Uh, My work, the work that I do, the relationships that I have, do we correlate that with Uh, uh, having the mind of Christ and making sure our relationships are founded upon Christ and what he have done, seeing the gospel in our relationships, 
um, seeing people the right way. Um, these are some things we want to be thinking about. Also in 1 John 3, 3 uh, 1 through 3, the word of God sees, um, see what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. So we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him, in him purifies himself as he is pure. So we must keep in mind that God's providential plan sometimes includes suffering. Sometimes includes suffering. Um, we see this in the life of Job. Um, many, many of us are familiar with Job. Uh, for example, in Job 2, 6 and 7, it says, And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand. Only spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with loathsome sores from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. So what can we gather from that? Sometimes God permits suffering by way of sickness and disease. It's something we can think about when we're sick, how we're to embrace that, in that if we're going through this sickness or going through this, de- this disease, how does this glorify God? Then in Job 2.13, the word of God says, and, and they, Job's three friends, sat down with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. Sometimes the providence of God requires us to grow, to go through not just suffering, but much suffering, much pain, much hardship, much difficulty. See, when we look at it in light of God's providence, then it keeps us from saying, why me? Rather, we embrace it and we say, let the Lord's will be done. And so... Um, That's the kind of thinking we want to continue to have because it honors God. We we honor him in that we are uh, submitting ourselves to the will of God rather than wanting our own ways. And so sometimes the the providence of God requires us to go through much suffering. The text says that they saw that Job's suffering was great, and it was so great that nobody said a word for seven days and seven nights. It was hard. It was difficult. And I don't know, some of you may be going through a difficult time. We're to look at our situations, our lives, the difficulties we face in light of who God is. In light of his word, in light of his power, in light of his divine wisdom, we're to be comforted, for in Christ we shall have peace. And so God gives us purpose, and we can know it when we're trusting in him, and through it all, 
He sustains us. God is always at work. God is sustaining us. As Pastor Kurt said earlier, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Also in Psalm 37, 23 and 24, the word of God says the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delight in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong for the Lord upholds his hand. This is the comfort that we have when we are going through that God in his providence is sustaining us. In Job 14, 1, the text says, man who is born of a woman is few of days and full of trouble. We can expect trials. We can expect difficulty. We can expect pain. Uh, why? Because the scripture teaches us that man is full of trouble. The verse reminds us of the hardships we must face. Some hardships are permitted by God and others are self-inflicted. Some of us are dealing with difficulty that we've, we've uh, had, had to deal with uh, since Early in our teenage years, young adult life, we're still dealing with some of the decisions we've made back then. We're still overcoming those things. And so uh, sometimes God uses those things is the point is that he uses the difficulties. He uses the things that uh, we go through in life that we've inflicted upon ourselves. God uses those things that he might sanctify us, that he might grow us and mature us. And also God may permit some things that we had no, uh, no control over. And so uh, we're to be mindful of that as well. Um, so if, um, so whichever way it comes, God uses our trials as a means of growing us in grace. So if we've come to realize that we're in some kind of trouble after much consideration, how should we respond? Well, I believe we ought to remember what First Peter 4 says there in the text in 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. As though something strange were happening to you. Sounds like James, right? But rejoice in so much as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. It's the same kind of thought process is that we're to think about our trials in light of who God is. And the more we think about that, then we're able to have the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. God uses suffering to grow us spiritually unto maturity. Sometimes he delivers us from it. Sometimes he orders it. Sometimes he extends it. And sometimes he reproves and disciplines us through it. Back in Job 5, 17 and 18, the word of God says, Behold, blessed is the one whom God reproves. Therefore, despise not the discipline of the Almighty, for he wounds, but he binds up. He shatters, but his hands heal. So in closing, 
When we are faced with negativity, difficulty, hardships, problems of all sorts, don't be quick to run from it or escape it altogether. God uses the pressures we face to help us grow in grace through the transforming power of the gospel and suffering. For those of you who are not in Christ, this does not apply to you. You must know Christ first as your Lord and as your Savior. Believe that he died for you to pay for your sins and was buried and rose again from the third day. And you, too, can be saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ and have all of these benefits. But there must be relationship. There must be first a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We must know him first before we can benefit from what all he has done for us. So I'd like to finish with this, these words from the scripture for our consideration before we leave in 1 Peter. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 11, we will find these words. And in order for us to have success in life, to understand suffering in light of the gospel, we must first humble ourselves. The text says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober minded. In other words, healthy minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. We're not alone in this. Then he says, and after you have suffered a little while. This is sweet. The God of all grace, the one who sustained us, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. And the church said, amen. Let us continue to think rightly about our suffering in light of the power of the gospel of Christ and let us continue looking to him, the author.